Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Who's glad to be in church? Who's glad to be in church? We really are children of God, aren't we? He has to, someone has to speak twice. Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac. Who's glad to be in church? Who's glad to be in church? Turn to your neighbor say, let's go. Let's go for it. I've got a couple of announcements. I'm going to share a piece of scripture. Hopefully that would encourage you. And then we're going to get into the word. You brave the wet. Let's go big. Amen. Let's get the sense that God is doing something incredible in, in, in this place. I, I have no idea what he's up to, but I'm pretty keen to find out. Right? I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. When God starts to do something, I get scared. Or I get very scared. Whenever I, somebody goes, I've got a word for you, I never go, oh, oh yeah. I just, oh, my gosh, it, no. Right? I'm, not that, I'm not that person who just jumps in. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I'm always nervous. As soon as I hear, it's like a word of encouragement. Thank goodness. Right? I just feel the Lord saying to you, I don't want to hear it. Tell someone else. Share it with them. If it's good, let them share it with me. Right? But I really get the sense that God's doing something here. Amen? Lots happening. I want to, just a couple of things I want to, uh, if you're not involved in an e-group, I really want to encourage you, an e-group, an engagement group. Hey, we do that in this church. There's more coming. We're talking to some people about starting some more. But, but, but groups are important, right? If, if you have the ability to be at one, and I know not everyone has the ability, but if you have the ability to be at one, be at one. Right? Have people care. Have, have a space where you can learn, where you can grow, where you can ask questions. Amen? Super important. Um, if you're not involved, uh, the kids always need people who are, who are passionate about kids. Right? Like, I, I, I'm very, very passionate about what we do in the kids' church. Um, if you are, please uh, come and have a chat to me that I can help introduce you to those t- that team. Um, they are a little crazy. I was going to throw it out there. You know, so you've got to be a little crazy to join that team. Um, if you want to be part of the worship team, of course, have a chat to Kurt. You would have seen him there. Um, always great having great worship. Uh, if you're not involved and you think, I'm not sure how to get involved, whether you want to join the ushering team or whether you want to help in the cafe, uh, all of that stuff is just always moving and growing and developing. They always need hands. Um, you know, we want, to, we want to make have an environment where people love to attend, right? I want people to feel so loved, so welcome. Uh, I really want, I want coffee that's so good people fight about it, right? And then I get those emails. That's the ones I'm looking for. Come on. So, um, you know, if, there's a lot of places to get involved. Now, the website, is, the website is live and we're working on it. We're working on it. I feel like it's one of the, I've got a love-hate relationship with our website. I love to hate it, right? And so, um, but on there, so you're going to find a whole lot of things. One of the things that's coming up, we're going to run another what's next. I'm going to tell you next week when the date is, right? What's next? I'm going to tell you what it is. If you haven't done it, speak to somebody who has done it. They're going to tell you that you should do it. And, and it is brilliant. It really is brilliant. Um, we're going to answer the, some of those cool questions. Salvation, what is it? Right? Baptism, what are you talking about? Baptism of the Holy Spirit, what is this thing? Right? Christian living. How do I live as a Christian? We're going to do that. I'm taking eight people. I'm, I'm warning you in advance. When I Don't come last time. There was a whole lot of people going, why can't I be there? Because you were slow. Right? If you need prayer that day when registrations open, pray after. Go and sign up. 
Whatever happens, happens. Amen? And then in the, the holidays, we're going we're gonna to start Life College. Now, Life College is going to be awesome. Life College is where you get to decide what we teach. Yep. I've already seen some of the questions coming through. So Life College, if you jump onto the website, you're going to be able to go there. You can actually submit a question, and I have no idea where that question comes from. It actually comes from our website. So I'm always encouraged to know that I'm emailing me. But I've seen some of your questions. Some of you need help, Ron. But they are good questions. There are certain topics we're never going to deal with here. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just, it's just never going to come up. But, but this is going to be an environment where you can ask, like, man, why can't I have sex before I'm married? Brilliant question, right? And Kurt's going to answer that so well. You're going to love this, right? Um, so so we're gonna, you can ask whatever question you like. I don't care what it is. Um, we're going to pull them out randomly. We've got a team that, that, that we're, we're giving space. They're going to be able to teach us and share with us. Um, and so if that's something you want to be part of, either side, you, you feel like, man, there's a gift in my life. I want to be able to learn to teach or be part of that. Come and talk to me. Or you've got some questions, put them in online. I don't want to know what they are up front, right? I don't wanna really want to be talking to you know, just like a single person in the room. Amen? You with me? Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with all your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. To put God first. To put Him first is important. With the best part of everything you produce. No, even when you wake up in the morning, the best part of what you produce is not actually reserved for Instagram. Mm. I can tell no one, none of you believe me. I can see it in your eyes. You're like, that's not true. Right? Honor God with everything. It's not just a financial thing. Finance is a dangerous thing because it locks us down. But if you can't honor God with every part of your life, finance is just going to be one small part you're going to struggle with. Choose to wake up every morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. First thing come out of your mouth. Lord, good morning, right? Not, Lord, look, I've got no extra followers, right? Like, that, that's not prayer. Come on, get up and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody said amen. Read your Bible. Give Him the best of your day, the best of your life, the best of everything. God deserves the best because He is the best, right? You had a really cute girl. I bet you you'd want to see if she texted you that night, amen? Yeah, so, so God wants to speak to you first, he wants to speak to you. He wants to help you with your finances. And we have to, if we don't learn to honor him, finance is going to be such a struggle in our lives. I learned this. I struggled with money, but I learned to honor God in other areas. And as I honored God, I realized money became the least of my problems. Money really is the least of our problems when we honor God. Amen. Come on, bow your heads. I want to pray for you. No matter how you're giving, whether you're giving online or out the back, if that machine is working now, we don't know. We don't know. However you're giving. I just want you to take a moment and think about how you're approaching your giving. Are you doing it just because you have to do it or are you doing it because you love Him? I've learned, for me, I can't put an automatic transfer on my bank account because giving just becomes too automated for me. I actively take steps and say, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for the ability to give. I pray that you would bless the church as I give. And I'm grateful that you've already blessed me. 
And when you do that, something shifts. You get joy when you give. And he loves it. He loves a cheerful giver. I'm not, I'm not trying to pin you on money here. He loves a cheerful giver, though. There's got to be something in you that goes, man, I'm glad I get to give, right? Because you're not so glad when you're broke. So be glad when you've got something that you can give. Father, I thank you that you would bless them exceedingly, that you would stretch us, take us further. Use what we get, use what we got for your glory, that we can continue to impact this city. In everything we do, we want to make a difference. We want the world to look at this church and say, if not for that church, we wouldn't know Jesus. That we make such an impact in their life that salvation comes. Have your way with our finances. We give it all to you and we do it with joy and with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, if you're in agreement, you can say amen. amen. You ready for the word? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Thank you for your generosity. You guys are actually very generous. And um, when we launched this church, I think it was Beck who said to me, how are we going to pay for it? And I remember this overwhelming feeling of going, God's got this. And thinking, I have the exact same question as you, right? And um, God just provides. You step out in faith, He's going to provide. That's one, thing I can, that's one thing I can tell you. I don't know how we do what we do. I don't know, right? But I know that we get to do it, and it's fun doing it. Amen? Now, if you've got your Bible, you can open Matthew 14. We're going to start in verse 24. You can find it in your Bible if you've got it. We are making headway with the Bible Project. Don't you worry. I'm coming at you. They're coming. Um, before you get reading, you can find it, put your finger in that spot, your pen. I'm convinced about this. If, if you would see yourself the way Jesus sees you, if you, could, if you could physically find a way to say, whatever he sees in my life, whatever he says about me, I'm going to, I'm going to accept that. It, even if it doesn't make sense. If he says you're good looking and you look in the mirror and you think, well, I'm not so sure about that. Right? But if he says I'm awesome, I'm just going to accept that. Right? If he says you heal, well, I've seen a doctor's report. Doctor's report says I, don't, I need healing. I'm not healed. But God says I'm healed. I'm going to accept that. I'm telling you, when you start to take his word and apply it to your life, when you start to see yourself the way he sees you, everything changes. Your whole life will change. And being a Christian is a challenge at times. I wish it was easy, but it's just not. It's just, it's a challenge. And I think a lot of the times, the reason it's a challenge is because we've got this worldview or this way that we view life and this way that we view Jesus, and we don't allow God to speak into our world. We're happy to tell Him about our world, but we're not happy for His will to become our world. And we just wander around, we just struggle, and it doesn't make sense. And so my question to you is this, 50 years from now, when you're looking back on your life, I've got something to show you, when you're looking back on your life, don't you wish you had the guts to say, I follow Jesus? Because it's going to take guts, 50 years from now. What is it? It's a robot. But like a different, you know, like a super advanced robot. It's probably Japanese. Yeah. It's definitely Japanese. What are you doing? I don't think it wants to hurt us. Have we done that already? 
really? Well, do you speak robot? Because they just had like a giant droid death match. I think it wants something from me. What? Well, because the other one was talking about my eBay page. You were the strangest boy I have ever met. Can you talk? XM satellite radio. Broadcast. Digital cable brings you the broadcasting system. So you you talk through the radio? Actually, you do. You're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. So what was that last night? What was that? Message from Starfleet. Well, inanimate vastness of things. Down like visitors from heaven. Hallelujah. Visitors from heaven. What? What are you like an alien or something? <laughs> Any more questions you want to ask? He wants us to get in that car. And go where? 50 years from now, when you're looking back at your life, don't you want to be able to say you had the guts to get in the car? Fifty years from now. That's a true story. Just so we know. If you haven't seen Transformers, that's what you're doing tonight when you get home, amen? 50 years from now. I wonder what would happen if we, if we fully trusted Jesus. What would happen if you risked it all and actually trusted Jesus? Have you ever wondered what it would be like? Have you ever wondered what made the disciples trust Jesus? I look at them and I love the story after they trusted Jesus. I'm just not sure why they trusted Jesus, right? I'm just not certain about it. And so I want to I show you this. Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 14 from 24 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. They were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward him, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And Jesus spoke at once, don't be afraid, chill out, relax. You're over-exaggerating. He said, take courage, I'm here. I wish I could pause there for those that you are sometimes in a, in a storm, in a struggle. And you feel like it, it, it's something that's wicked, it's something that's evil, it's something coming at you. And sometimes we have to, in the midst of the storm, even though the fear seems so real, even though you think you know what it is, sometimes you have to recognize that Jesus says, take courage, I'm here. Don't freak out just yet, I'm here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Jesus says, yes, come, he says. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on water toward Jesus. When he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Good point. I don't know how many of you have walked on water. I don't know if you've ever tried, right? I have. I have. If there's a swimming pool around and no one's around, I will see how many steps I can take. I've done about three or four and then a blood nose. But the point is, at least I've tried. I don't know how many you've done. So I titled my message, Let's Go, because that's what I believe Jesus is saying. Let's go. Follow me. And I want to show you, this. I want to show you something I think is going to, that's going to help you. 
But first I want to find out what is Peter thinking? What made him think he could walk on water? One minute you're in the ocean, the way they fighting the wind and the waves, and then they think it's a ghost. And what is Jesus doing up on the water at three o'clock in the morning? Right? What are you doing? Firstly, what are you doing up? Secondly, get in the boat from the beginning, my man. You won't have to cause such chaos. And he comes and he's walking toward him and they freaking out and he's telling them to relax. You're walking on water. If it's a ghost or it's not a ghost, what are you doing at three o'clock in the morning? We've got enough issues. We don't need you walking on water. And his response, I don't know. If I'm, I'm thinking like Peter, I see, the, I, see, I see what's going on. I think it's a ghost. My logical question is, is not, I don't go, well, if it's you, let me call me. I'll come to you. I'm thinking, thank goodness, it's not a ghost. I thought I was going to drown. Now I followed through. My pants are a mess. I thought that just there's a lot going on. I, the last thing I want to do is have the last thing I see before I die be a ghost. But well, thank goodness it's Jesus. And then he says, well, look, the, the, it's going crazy. The next law, I don't know how many of you, maybe you think like I would have done the exact same thing. But I don't think in that moment, well, I'll tell you what I'll do since I'm fighting for my life. I'll just walk on water. I'll just climb out. Let me, let me know if you want me to come. You want me to come? I'm out. Let's go. And he steps out and he starts walking on water. I don't even know how to, what to do with that. You okay if I teach you this evening? What made him think he could walk on water, though? That is the thing that I struggled with. What made you think you could? If I stand on one side of the pool and you say, Andrew, let me know if you want me to walk on water. I'll come your way. And I say, yes. <laughs> yes. Come. Imagine what happens when it's like, one step, two, three, four. Pretty good. I'm not sure what I'd do with you, right? I'll give you the address to any church you want to go, and I'll drop you off there. I don't want that in here, right? I'm freaking out already, the thought of it. What made him think, right, that he could walk on water? And so Jesus is a Jewish rabbi. His, the, Jewish, the disciples are Jewish, and he grows up, he's growing up in the Galilee, right? And the, the people who grew up in this area at the time, their, their historical leader was this guy by the name of Moses. And they believe that, that Moses gave, uh, that God gave Moses the, the law. He, was, he, he helped them, he gave Moses the first five books of the, of the Bible. It's called the Torah. Do you know which, what they called? I told you there'd be a test this week, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right? So God gave, God gave Moses that whole beginning section. That's pretty cool. And it's the Torah, which, which really means teaching or instruction, or wait for it, it means the way. Bank that it's coming at some point in your life, right? You're going to find it out somewhere else in the Bible where Jesus says, I am the way. And so for those people who feel like, yeah, but the, it's the Old Testament. It's not real. It's not relevant. You're wrong. 
I'm just going to help you up front. You're wrong, right? I don't, you need to go find the other bit that you threw out. You need to put back in because you're missing out on everything. Amen? And so the, this Torah, the first five books, that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, that is what God has given Moses. And for the people of this area, that is their foundation, their framework for life, and their foundation for education. Everything goes through this. And it's amazing. The kids start school at six, and they go to a, a local synagogue, and they sit underneath a, a local rabbi, and, and at six years old, they begin to learn this Torah, the first five books they, at six years old. I don't know how, how they go, but that's pretty awesome. This is Lizette's Bible. If it breaks, we blame M. And there we go. That whole beginning section... They begin to learn, and it's pretty awesome because by the time they're 10 years old, they've memorized it. Every word by 10. I'm not sure I could tie my shoelaces at 10, but these kids have learned this. You could drive a nail through it, and they will tell you how many words and which ones are missing. By 10. And then once they're done, for the most part, they go back to their families and they will learn their family trade. They will learn how to fish or be carpenters or um, whatever they're learning to do. Whatever their family does, generally speaking, they would follow in the family's footsteps and they would then continue to grow and learn and that's how they would do life. But the best of the best would continue on. And they would stay on underneath the rabbi. The best of the best. And between 14 and 15, they would continue to learn. Because the first five weren't enough. By the time they reach 15, the thicker part is what they now know. That. That part that you haven't read. They know that. By 15. Isn't that astonishing? What is possible? And so side note, just so you know, that's why in that back room, I refuse to let them play it down to the kids. They bring them up to a proper level. Because they are more capable than we could ever know. They're more spiritual than we would ever know. They know things that we don't know. They can teach us things if you would take time to listen. They will show you how to read your Bible. They'll show you how to win. Their, they are learning how to have e-groups every single week. They learn how to read their Bible every single week. And they have food. It is going on in there. It is going on. You with me? That's a long way to Malachi. That's unbelievable. And so by this stage, for the most part, they were just like us. Most were just learning the family trade, right? We're like, I'm out of here. Like Genesis, I was stuck at by the end of Genesis. I'm going to go learn how to be a fisherman, baby. I'm out of this. But these guys pushed through. First five, just about everybody knew. But the best of the best continued on. And by the time they got to 15, they would, be, they would weed them out again. 
and the best of the best of the best. We're talking the ultimate, the pinnacle, the like, you know, like the, those in the class that were like the best of the best, like some of you, right? I was fishing, right? I was fishing after round one. But the best of the best, they would go to a rabbi and they would apply to follow this rabbi. They would apply to learn. They'd say, Rabbi, I want to continue on. And well, the rabbi would do the right thing. He would grill them, all the questions. Uh, what about this? How do you think this is going to work? Can you recite that? What do you know about this? Tie this together. Show me what that prophecy means. Help me understand this. And for the most part, the, he would sit back and at the end he'd say, look, you know the word. And I can tell you love God. But I think you should go back to your family and continue learning the trade. And that was socially acceptable. But the best of the best of the best, that rabbi would look and say, wow, this kid's good. This kid knows. I think this kid can do what I do. I think this kid could be just like me. And he would invite that kid and say, come, follow me. And his teaching, the rabbi would have this teaching, it would be called his yoke. That's his yoke. Remember, Jesus says, my yoke. It's easy, right? Because you think you can't. He says, it's easy. Don't worry about it, right? And, 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 and this, this young disciple would leave everything, his friends, his family, uh, his synagogue, and he would then go with this rabbi, and he would begin to travel and follow. And for the next 14 or 15 years or so, this young guy would be walking behind his rabbi everywhere his rabbi goes, and he'd have this like pack of disciples, and everywhere they'd go, the rabbi would teach, and these guys would watch and learn, and, and they would experience life. They would sell out and leave everything behind to become just like their rabbi. And that is what the picture of discipleship is, not was, what it is that there would be a selling out, not to know what the rabbi knows. We already know what he knows. It's to be just like him. And it was to be passed on and passed on. And of course, rabbis back then, they were so highly revered. It wasn't really like it is today. It was, they were so important to society. They were the framework and the foundation. They were this like cornerstone of society because everything was hinging on them teaching the word and raising up that generation and then taking on the next generation so that they then could continue this on. And along the way, we've lost, we've just lost touch of how it should be done, but it was done properly. It was done properly. And that's why when you find people who have a ministry, Right When you find people who have a ministry and you find that God has called them to something, you are to honor that with such respect because you have no idea that what you receive is going to help you to be part of what they've got and you get to go on and help others in an area where they may not be able to do it. You should be wanting to receive, wanting to learn, wanting to grow. And it's an attitude thing. I don't like you. I'm not learning from you. I don't like anybody, but I have to learn. 
And the more I learn, the more I like him and the more I receive and the more things change. And there was an attitude, I want to do this, not I have to do this. And so Jesus, by the time they're 30, of course, their ministry begins. For the most part, these young guys, they've followed this guy for 15 odd years, right? So if you've, got a, if you've got a call in your life, some of you who are young, stop freaking out that it hasn't happened in 15 days. Mm-hmm. There should have been a lot of amens, but none of you are like, nope, I'm not saying that. I'm digging my heels in. I refuse. God is a God of miracles. I can do this at least 15 months. Come on, they, they, they followed and they learned and they served and they gave everything for 15 years after the study, by the way. Some people are like, well, I want to get there. I don't really want to study. Study to show yourself approved and then follow and learn and serve and grow and develop. And I swear to you, you will make a difference. Right? And that's true in your work life as well. This is not just about ministry. This is your work life as well. Any apprentice who comes home, I'm quitting. I'm giving up. I've been there like four days and he will not let me do this. You need to have a nail gun pointed at you. And so we see Jesus. He's this 30-year-old and he's walking down the beach. And the Bible says he sees Peter and Andrew. And that's a typo. It was Andrew and Peter. We all know that, but it's worded wrong. It started wrong. It's just carried on. It's not how it is. He saw Andrew and then he saw Peter. It's how it is. And they were mending nets. That what are they doing? They're working their trade. They fishermen, they're learning, they're fixing things. That is their job. What does that mean? It means they're not the best of the best of the best. They cannot be. They are, they are mending nets. They might be good, but they are not the best of the best of the best. They might have had some education, but they are not like the rabbi. And what does he say to them? Come, follow me. He sees James and John. They're on this fishing boat. What are they doing? They're fishing. What does that mean? They're not the best of the best of the best. These guys are like you and me. Not stupid, but they weren't this overly educated person. They weren't the best of the best of the best. They were like you and I. They weren't those that were called from day one. They're just those people that are just doing life, learning. And that doesn't make them bad at all. But in the midst of that, he shouts out, hey, let's go. Follow me. And immediately they leave their nets. They leave their father. They leave the business. They jump into the ocean and they swim across and they come. And dad is going, Awesome, go for it. Great choice. I got this. I'll ask your sister if she'll come help. Like, I don't know. Like, but they're gone, and I'm reading this going, why is dad okay with this? And if some guy who was 30 years old came walking down the beach, pointed at me and went, Let's go. I'm telling you now, I'm phoning the police. I'm not I'm not following him. You are not supposed, we're teaching them behind there. Don't do that. Don't follow a 30-year-old who's walking down the beach, who's blonde with long hair, and he's got this really cute beard, and he's holding a sheep, and he's like, meh, let's go. And you don't, you don't follow this guy. This is, this is not what we do.
Why does, he, why does Jesus do this? Because his movement is for everyone. Not just the best of the best of the best. It's for the rich, the poor, the famous, the forgotten, the person who was highlighted, the person who's not, the government official, the lawyer, the doctor, the street sweeper, the person who's a carpenter. It's for everyone. His movement was for everyone. And these guys saw, and Jesus said, come, follow me. And immediately they left everything, and they followed Jesus. Why? Because they know how valuable a rabbi was. And this rabbi was saying, you are the best of the best of the best, and you can do exactly what I can do. I'm going to show you. And if you knew how valuable the rabbi was, if you knew the gift of God that was standing in front of you sometimes, the person who was praying with you, the person who was ministering, the person who's teaching you how to use, read the Bible, the, your, your e-group leader or your, your team leader, if you knew who they were and you valued it for what it was, I'm telling you, you would treat it very, very, very differently because what they carry is for you. Your five-fold ministry is a gift from God to the body of, of Christ. You are to receive the gift upon their life. It's for you. You can have it. It's to equip you for the work of the ministry. It's, it's yours. It's a free gift. If you would steward it and receive it that way. You still with me? Jesus is looking for somebody who would dare to say yes. And these guys, history records them as changing the world by saying yes to Jesus when it didn't make sense. My fear is that for some of you, you're living this inferior life. You're missing out on God's best for you because you don't think you're good enough. You think you're past your prime, too old, or I'm too young, I'm I've got not enough money. I don't know enough. I haven't read enough. I haven't been in church for long enough. I've got things holding me back. I've got personal struggles. And, and I'm going to work it all out because I, I really want to love God more. I'm going to work out my whole life. And then as soon as it's done, as soon as I've got this thing covered, boom, I'm in the church. And Lord, you can use me. And I feel like you are missing. These guys had bad language and they... They, they used to chew their nails, their toenails, and, and they used to they just eat fish raw and pull the hook out with their teeth, and they'd spit, and, you know, like, these guys were, uh, anybody here like fishing? Anyone? Anyone, you guys, all of you need to come forward in a minute. He said he'd teach you to be a fisher of men. That's it. There's no talk about going and just going and fishing. Blah. I'm fine. I can't take the hook out of a fish's mouth. It's pathetic. That <laughs> Keep the hook. I'm done with you. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. I so believe in what you have to say about me and who I'm going to become that when Jesus said, come, follow me, by faith, he was able to take that step and walk. Not his ability. He so believed in Jesus that when Jesus said something, he totally 100% believed him. And he steps out of the boat and he does what seems to be the impossible. 
And I don't know what's impossible or what seems impossible in your life. I don't know. But maybe your perspective on who Jesus is needs to change so that you can trust him. If he says you can, you can. Why are we, we need to, we need to pray, God, remove the unbelief from me. Remove that unbelief. I, I say, I say it with my mouth, but I don't believe it in my heart. And, and this guy stepped out the boat and he walked on water because he believed that it was possible to be just like Jesus. That's how much value he had placed on Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if we are placing so little value on Jesus that when he says something great about your life, you can't do it. You can't approach it. You can't risk it because you have unbelief. You're not sure that you are able you believe more in your unbelief than you do in his belief about you. And that is a challenge for all of us. And he looked at the wind and the waves and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm walking on water. This is crazy. This is crazy. Big waves and there's a shark or something in there. And he starts freaking out and he starts sinking. And Jesus grabs him. He says, Lord, save me. I'm, I'm going to die. This, this time I'm out. And he goes down and, and Jesus grabs him and holds on to him and says, what are you doing, man? Why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? Don't doubt me. I'm walking on water. You don't have to doubt me. I'm showing you it's possible. What has he done in your life where he's shown you it's possible? What is in here that, that maybe you need to get back to and start to read and start to see what he's done? The more you see he's done, the more you start to realize that he is capable of the impossible. And the more times you see that, the more times it stirs in you. The root word of testimony. You know why people tell their story, not the testimony? I'll tell you quick, because you're asking. He said, the reason people don't share testimony, they only share story, is because testimony, the root word of testimony, uh, means, means to do again. Testimony comes with a promise attached. So when you tell somebody how God healed you because they are sick, they may not necessarily even believe in Jesus yet, but they can believe because they can see and by faith they can step into that healing and they can receive it. Now, it was always there to lead them to the Lord, yes. But that's why you don't share your story, you share your testimony. Because if God can do it in your life, He can do it in mine. And maybe I don't need the healing you've, you've had, but I've got a friend who does. And I can tell my friend, you will not believe. I know this person and what you're going through. Man, I've seen God. God, you've got to meet this person. She's cute. But she's also had a thing going on. And, she's here, and bam, something happens in your life. You go, man, if that's possible for them, it's possible for me. In the book, there's a whole lot of things that he's done. Start to read it. Amen. Don't let the outside situation, your circumstances, drag you from what God wants to do. Don't get bogged down with life and work and finances and substance abuse and Facebook and porn and Instagram or whatever else we're all into. Don't let that bog you down and hold you down from what God's got for you because what He's got is the very best, the very best, but it's going to take you to say, I am willing to let go of everything to take hold of everything. A lot of people think when they let go of their life, they lose everything and all I get is Jesus. It's not all you get. It's all you need. 
Don't miss life. The thing that these guys did is they responded. He said, come follow me. We call the cops. We have to second guess. Do I need to fix a few things? I'm not quite sure. Like I want to. There's just, I've got a couple of issues. Bo's alive. Don't worry about him. Um, You know, like there's a lot going on in our lives and it, it holds us back. These guys were brave enough to say yes to God. And you have to say yes to him. He didn't say, come follow me, I'm going to make you rich. Come follow me, I've got a really great business for you. Come follow me, I've got a ministry you're going to love, it's going to be awesome. It wasn't that, it was come follow me, and he's inviting us to follow him. And as you follow him, you discover all that he's got for you. And there are some good days, and there are some bad days, and there are some days that make sense, and there are some days where you're like, this does not make sense at all. But immediately, they let go of everything and changed the world. History records they eventually changed the world. They also did some really stupid things. The same dude denied him. You think, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't always treat God right, and I don't speak right about him, and I don't learn enough, I don't pray enough. Like, blah, blah, blah. When you're finished with your whinge session, let's go. Like, your yesterday is not going not gonna to help you one bit. You have right here, right now to respond to Him. Right here, right now. But you have to let go and make that an absolute priority. Jesus has to be your number one, your ultimate, your everything, your, your only thing. If He says it, that's what we're doing. It In your workplace, in your family, uh, in your friendship circle, in your ministry, whatever it is. Wherever Jesus says, this is what we're doing, bam, you do that thing, only that thing. That is the only thing that matters. When you do that, I'm telling you, you too will change the world. You will. And you don't need to have a global platform to change the world. Some of the best changes I've ever seen is people changing their world. Amen? Immediately they let go. Immediately they followed Jesus. You can come. They were willing to abandon the natural for the supernatural. They were willing to let go of what they knew to take hold of something they had no idea about. Jesus told them, he said, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back, not fit for the kingdom. For many of us, we say yes, and then we go back. We say yes, then we go back. We put our hand to the plow, and then we're always looking back. Yeah, but it was good back there. You know those old party days? They were good, right? The things we used to do, the things we used to say, the parties, the way we behaved, the way we acted. We look back, we look back, we look back, we look back. And He's not calling you to live this double life. He's calling you to live a life abandoned. I'm going to go for Him and I'm just going to go. And if it makes sense, it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense to you, I'm still going to do it. I'm telling you now, I'm running for God. But He's looking for people whose hearts are for Him. Fifty years from now, some of you will be 212 by then. Alex will be like 59, whatever, bro. <laughs> 50 years from now, 
Don't you want to look back in your life, however long ahead, don't you want to look back at your life and say, I had the guts to say yes to the Lord? Because if, just about everyone you know has said no. Most people in the world have just, they've just rejected it anyway, said no anyway, so you know what it's going to look like. But what would happen if you said yes and meant that yes? And it's not to put a heavy on you, but I really think, I think, I think God's so tired of this wishy-washy attitude. Like, let's go or let's not. Like, are we going or staying? Are we going to change the world or are we just going to stay where we are? Are you, are you going to change the way you speak or you just want to carry on swearing? You want to change the way you live your life or you just want to keep eating Maccas? You want to, do you want to, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do? And do you want to look back and say, man, I, my biggest regret is that I said no or I said maybe one day. Or do you want to look back and say, I am so glad there was that one night. I just said, that's it. I'm selling out and I'm not going back. But it means you're going to have to immediately let go and go for God. You want easy? Maccas is available. I'm not promising easy. That I'm not promising. But I'm promising you this. You will live a life fulfilled and a forever that matters. Not this life that matters. A forever that matters. When we breathe out our last, when that trumpet sounds, whatever comes first, it's too late then. It's right here and it's right now. And there's a lot of people who should be in the room and there's a lot of people who will be in the room, but it's going to take us that are here right here, right now to say, yes, I'm going for God or no, I'm not. But I look at those disciples and no matter what they went through, they stayed the course. And until this becomes a priority to us, until we look at the world around us and say, we have an opportunity, we will never go forward. So I want you to just bow your heads where you are. Let's go. Greater things than what Jesus did, you're able to do. You're able to do the most incredible things. You're able to do amazing things. The plan He's got for your life is far greater than the plan you think you've got for yours. And He's looking for some people to say yes. I'm going to do something that's going to be confronting maybe for some of you, but that's what I feel the Lord wants us to do. If you're not ready to give your life to the Lord, that's okay. You've got questions. I'm here to answer some of them. I'm here to do life with people, whether they say yes or whether they say no. I'm, I'm not going to change. But I'm believing that you can. But I believe this with all my heart. He's calling you to a higher level. A higher level of faithfulness, of dedication, of generosity, faith. He's looking for a generation who would say yes to Him and risk it. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you're serious. I'm going to close in prayer. 
But if you're ready to abandon everything and go for the plan He has for your life, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. But it's going to, I'm, I'm not, don't stand because your neighbor did. Stand because you're serious. We're in the presence of God. Don't feel embarrassed if you feel you need to sit. But if you're going to go for God, then I want you to stand. And I'm doing it so that you leave behind everything and you stand. Sometimes you have to take a practical step. You have to do something physical in the, so that something in the, in, the, in the supernatural realm can break. You have to do something. You have to break something. Sometimes you have to delete the app to see the breakthrough. I have to get rid of that thing that I'm looking at so that I can see the spiritual significance of what God had for me. Sometimes I have to get up and I have to pour that bottle down the drain even though it doesn't make sense because I'm waiting for a spiritual awakening. I have to take a step of faith. I'm asking you this evening, if that's you, to stand to your feet so we can close in prayer. No more games with him. No more games. If you stand to your feet, you're making a commitment to him, not me. I'm standing too. I'm ready to build what God's called us to build. And I'm asking that you do what God's called you to do, no matter what that looks like in life. And if it's in this church, then let's build. And if it's not the church for you, that's okay. There are some incredible churches and God's got one for you. But if we're in this church, then we're going to build. And so, Father, I thank you for every person right now. Lord, if we're honest, we just need you. And we, we doubt you daily, every minute. We doubt you so much. Lord, it's difficult to say, but I, I think I would have stayed in the boat. I don't even think I would have climbed out. i got a lot to say about him going down, but I didn't even get out. Remove that unbelief from us. That your word would have such weight and value in our life that when you say it, we'd be able to step out of that boat and trust you with all of our hearts. We choose this evening to say yes to you. With our lives, we just say yes. Holy Spirit, just wash through this place right now. Just refresh, I pray, right now. Come on, some of you need to let go of addiction right now. Some of you need to let go of fear right now. You need to let go of that past hurt that's preventing your future. Let it go right now. Just put it at the feet of Jesus. Say, Lord, it's yours. It's a fresh start and a new beginning. Oh, come on. I can just sense the Spirit of God. Refresh your people, I pray. While people are in the presence of God, just quickly, you're making a decision right here, right now to give your life to Jesus. That's you. You're already on your feet. Just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Just acknowledge, but you can put it straight back down. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. 
incredible decision. Come on, what a night for it. Father, I thank you that when we walk out of this place, we're new, we're fresh, we get a new start. Your blood has washed us clean. And we're a new creation. All those old things have passed away. Everything from this point forward is going to be new and exciting. It's going to be a journey of discovery, but we're ready to go on it. If that's you, whether your hand went up or whether it didn't go up, I really want to encourage you. Tell someone. Let them pray with you. It's an exciting thing. It's the best thing that could happen. I just get this picture and then we're going to close. I just got, as I'm standing here, I feel like, I feel like there's somebody, it feels like water's been poured and you've been in the pot but it's been running past the roots and it hasn't been absorbed. And I really feel like God, I feel like He's showing you that those roots are about to expand. That you're about to take on all that He's got for you. And that once that was washing over you is now going to begin to fill you. And it might be happening under the surface, but I really feel like we're going to see the outward manifestation of what God is doing in your life in a very, very, very powerful way. So if that's you, you feel like it's just been washing over, but suddenly I'm starting to feel refreshed. If that's you, I really want to encourage you to just take this time and say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go all the way with you. Bless your people. Refresh your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources, or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.